if you do not feel concerned, it will concern you. It will come and find you right where you are. Yeah. <laughs> the climate will climate you. It will climate you. It will warm you up. Yeah, it will Eat warm you. you. <laughs> Ginger you. <laughs> With this throwing on of food on paintings, are you mad? Are you okay? What's the harm? Are you alright? You're looking like an idiot. Ooh. Hello, Globies. Welcome to the World Health Investigation Podcast. My name is Jocelyn. I'm Edna. We are young global health professionals and your hosts for the World Health Investigation Podcast. Also known as the WHI, we will be discussing all things global health, unpacking the most controversial health and social issues, as well as promoting new wave global health development and equity. So, Adina, what's the tea in global health? Today, we got a bit of tea in global mm-hmm. health today, especially the temperature of the tea. I'm uh, very <laughs> concerned about the temperature of the she's tea. She's so extra. She's the temperature of the tea. Yes, yes. That's a little hint for you. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, the debate is over. It's over. It was great. It no? was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you to everyone that came. Everyone that came. It was excellent. 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 We hope to have another one and see your faces there. Exactly. Oh, wow. What a hot debate. (laughs) (laughs) We discussed a lot, but if you want to follow through, go watch. Go watch. We are posting the video. Yes. Is the video there right now? Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) But you will know. You will know because you are in the future. In the future. (laughs) We obviously have the pretty, the pretty, the news, the news of the week. Oh, okay. The news of the week. Tell us. So, tell me, Jocelyn, are you gonna be watching the World Cup? Absol- absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Cameroon is playing. Switzerland is also playing. Ah, uh, Cameroon is playing. Switzerland is. They're in the same group. I'm making noise. Yes. Edna, watch out. Me. Yes. You better watch out. Watch. You need to watch out. <laughs> My people are coming. My people are coming too. <laughs> so now you're Swiss. Huh? Today she's Swiss, guys. She's back and you see. Anyway, it's I'm okay. everything. The ancestors will disown you. Oh, my fine. days. Jeez. It is fine. They it's will all claim me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, as we know, the World Cup is about to kick off in Qatar. Uh-huh. People are very excited. Ah, uh, yes, you yes, know. Yes, yes, Qatar. It's baby. time for Qatar. 2022, baby. <laughs> I'll be watching, baby. <laughs> But there have been some concerns. Mm -hmm. I think early on, even in the reporting, uh, we were seeing that as they were building stadiums in Qatar, preparing for the World Cup, we were also hearing stories of workers, particularly migrant workers, being mistreated. Oh. Yes, at the various construction sites. Allegedly. 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 (laughs) Allegedly, um, you would have situations, for instance, I was reading a story about a man who he was at one of the construction sites for the Mm -hmm. World Cup Mm -hmm. and um, he had like an occupational accident and he actually like now he can't even walk around without a stick. But to this day, he has not received any kind of payment or anything like that. We had reports of people allegedly, you know, Qatar is a very hot place. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd be working outside, people passing out, really like dangerous occupational, yeah. you know, environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, obviously, the, the, the issues of like low pay, you know, mm-hmm. almost like modern day slavery. Modern day slavery. She said it. Allegedly. 
yeah so what are your thoughts like how do you feel as like you know maybe someone who wants to watch you know fifa world cup for the game for the love of the game mm-hmm. um but at the same time you have this this problematic history associated with qatar and how it's built its stadiums and got to organize the world cup oh, that's a deep question yeah it's like no, it's like not deep, but when you think about it like that, yeah. that's not what I want to think about when I'm thinking of watching the World Cup, of you course. know. But it's almost a thing, like, is everything really down to oppression? Like, why can't we just not treat people right? That's my first thought. It's like, okay, everyone watches football. Okay, mm-hmm. no, maybe not everyone. Some people prefer basketball yeah. um, and other sports, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 if football and FIFA and football, it's like the global sports, mm-hmm. then these people should be well paid. They're making mm-hmm. billions. They got hella money. They got hella money from this. So. Yeah. Come on, do better. There's Yeah, there's absolutely no excuse to not pay your workers or to even leave them working in such dangerous uh, environments. Dangerous environments, especially because I think football is something that brings the world together. Mm-hmm. Like it creates, obviously, there's competition there, but really and truly, it's bringing different cultures together. I know even with Cameroon, for example, despite everything that has happened in the country, the one time when we all come together is when football is there and everyone is supporting the nation. So in this time, I think everyone should feel supported, especially the workers that are putting their lives at risk in this moment. Yeah, 100%. Um, I agree with you. Like coming together, watching football, it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Even me, I, I, that's when I feel my Swiss pride. You know? <laughs> she said Swiss pride, <laughs> not Zim. Hope Swiss. <laughs> You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I'm not going to lie this year. It, it's a bit hard for me. Like the bribes, okay. You know, we mm. know there's alleged corruption. It's <laughs> FIFA and all these things. Alleged. Mm. Um, that I'm like, oh, okay, it's everywhere. But uh, I don't know the mistreatment of these workers. It has me no. feeling some type of way. I don't know if I'll go as hard, you know? It's not okay. No. It's it's really not okay. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, <laughs> don't do it. Do better. Do better. Do better. And it's, you know, you, you're making all that money. You know you can do better. Just at least, if you can't pay them more, make sure they're safe. That's mm. the first safety. You don't safety. want to start having all these allegations left and right, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the news of the week. Mm-hmm. Now we move on to the topic of the week. The real reason we have gathered here today. We've mm-hmm. gathered all of you here today. We're talking about climate. Again. Again. <laughs> uh, we're back. We're back talking about climate because we will not stop talking about climate we'll... until it's fixed. <laughs> hmm. Will it be fixed? Can it be fixed? Can it be fixed? Are we doomed? You know, I'm actually vexed. You know, no, 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 no. I'm actually vexed because in the last season, we're yes. talking about climate change, about how things need to be better, the CO2 emissions are rising, and we're talking about mitigations. And it's funny because countries are like, yes, 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 let's do it. But we're talking about this again because it's an emergency. It's an emergency. It's, it's, it's not a, yes, we need to make plans and down the road, our roadmaps. No, 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 no What no, are you no, doing no. right now? What are you doing right now? And that's why we're back with this episode again is because we feel the need to highlight the mitigations that actually need to be done. We need to need to highlight what needs to be done. Not just say, okay, um, this, is the, this is the issue. This is the current issue. I think at this point, most people already know that climate change is of concern, right? But now it's like, okay the conversation is now 
debating we're all debating around how do we get there how do we improve the situation yeah i think it is really interesting to think about how far we've come in terms of like this whole climate conversation because mm-hmm. i feel like it started at oh is climate change even real mm. <laughs> that's where to we thi- started I mean, to, to think that there were especially in america mm-hmm. a lot of this somebody's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want to add alleg- allegedly allegedly <laughs> So these politicians were claiming that yes, climate change is not real. It's not possible. It's mm-hmm. not. It's a myth. It's a this and that. Mm, mm-hmm. All the heat waves are knocking exactly. at your door. Exactly, they're, they're right <laughs> on your doors. They're right there. Then we moved on to saying, okay, climate change is a thing. Temperatures are rising, but it's not man-made. It's not because of humans. It's mm, natural. natural. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I think now we're also at a place where we can say, right, we need to take action. Action. We need to take action. We need to set priorities and everyone needs to take it seriously. Because I think, do you think we're starting to to see it? Absol- absolutely. Mm-hmm. You see this mark on my face? Where is it? You see this? I don't know if you see it. Yeah. I have a mark on my face. It is from the heat wave this summer. <laughs> it is from the heat wave. I had burns on my skin. Wow. Because of heat wave. Damn. In in London. In this London? In this London. No, London was suffering. <laughs> London was burning. That's when I knew it was real. I mean I knew it was real, but when you feel it in your skin, mm-hmm. that's when you know. If you remember this summer, some of us <laughs> I saw memes around people sleep sleeping naked, having the fan <laughs> having the fan on. Yeah. It's it's an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. We know it's real. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's going on? Today, we, I also I also want to make sure today we highlight, um, you know, some of the good things that we're doing. <laughs> because right. I personally also feel like the messaging for as long as I have been alive is we are doomed, we're in danger, the polar bears are dying, the, the ice caps, they are melting, mm-hmm. fire everywhere, mm-hmm. apocalypse, Armageddon, it's the end of us. Mm. 2030 is the end. And I was like, 2030, I'll only be 31. What? what? And, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. I know you want to have positive messaging, but I'm actually scared. Okay. I, I'm actually, I'm, no, I'm actually scared. Uh, I, I think it's fine, but to be honest, I'm like, yes, it's important to acknowledge, but I feel like everyone understands it right now. Mm. Like, I think everyone acknowledges that it's a problem. (laughs) The steps are not being taken quickly enough, but we understand it's a problem. problem. And it gives me, like you're saying, it gives a bit of anxiety. It gives anxiety. I I even saw this term, echo anxiety. I came across it today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, 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 we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. It's bad. We do. but let's also make sure we're giving people hope. Yeah. Let's not mm-hmm. burden people and make it seem as if, oh, like, there's nothing you can do. Armageddon is coming. It's already too late. I almost feel like it pushes people to be apathetic, apathetic. to be like, what like, can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I, the corporations will continue to do what they do. My politicians are doing what they're doing. Armageddon is coming. Which is why we should hold them accountable. But I'm going to mm. mention that later because at, at this point, I, I don't think... I mean, there's stuff that we can do on an individual level, which was highlighted in that episode in season one. We've highlighted all those things we can do in our personal lives. But a lot of the times we need to think about the people we elect, Mm -hmm. the people that are in charge, the business leaders, the, 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 the places we shop at, the places mm-hmm. we, the way we buy our food, these are the corporations that are contributing to most of these greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. And these CO2 emissions. So it's not to say to lose, make people lose hope, but sometimes I, I, I just reading the, doing, doing my research and like reading what's going on around it, comparing the curve, like 
comparing where we're supposed to be mm-hmm. and how fast we're supposed to get there by 2030 we need to have greenhouse gas emissions reduced by 43 percent that's how mm-hmm. much we need to reduce it by mm-hmm. and at the moment it, it, it's still increasing mm-hmm so that's that's a great cause. It's not mm-hmm. to scare anyone, but when I when I look at these statistics, I am genuinely concerned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I am genuinely concerned because it's 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 not to blame. It's not it's not to make people lose hope, but people need to almost become not angry, but we need to feel that emotion to mm-hmm. say, okay, we need to really really start saying. We need to put an end to this and ensure that if, if everyone comes together and says that these corporations will be held accountable, especially the big, big ones in the big countries, the U.S. has contributed to these emissions over years and years and years. I think um, at the moment it's India and China as well. Obviously, we can't blame, put point figures left and right. It's a collective effort, right? But yeah, I think that if we look at the statistics at the moment and how much needs to be done in the short period of time, in seven years' time, because we're basically almost in 2023, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, I think it's pretty clear to everyone that we're not going to hit our targets. Mm. And I feel just to get a, give people a sense of how urgent it is anyway, um, I was very interested by the story of Tuvalu. Mm. Um, I think we've heard a lot of the times that like, all these island nations, especially around COP27, they get mm. a lot of... They get highlighted a lot, but yeah. I was really shocked by like where Tuvalu is at right now yeah. because guys, Tuvalu is considering literally relocating its population because oh. it is afraid that by 2050, the country will not exist. Yeah, 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 2050 yeah, yeah, yeah. is not far off. Imagine a whole country will, may not exist and they're like, we need to find a plan to relocate our people. Oh, so let me tell you about what's going on in Tuvalu. So this is what the finance uh, minister, Siv Paneu, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but yes, Mm -hmm. the finance minister from Tuvalu said, the science is telling us that the current trends of emissions over the next 30 years, by 2050, the majority of our land will be submerged. That would deem our land uninhabitable. Mm. So it's only a matter of decade now, possibly Mm -hmm. in our lifetime, Mm -hmm. we have to be prepared. We have been coming to COP for 30 years now and it hasn't stopped sea levels rising. Whatever happens here at COP27 will not save Tuvalu. Mm. The sea is rising and overwhelming parts of our land. So whatever adaptation options we implement, they may not be fast enough to protect our land from the rising seas. Mm -hmm. I think absolutely to your point of like, this is an urgent matter. This is literally people saying like... (laughs) COP27 is nice, but it's I don't nice. have time. There's no time to be doing nice, sweet, sweet conferences. and <laughs> There's no time. There's no time. And so for those wondering, Tuvalu is a Polynesian country. And it's actually, it's an island country. So it's mm-hmm. located between Australia and Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a population of almost 11,000 people. And uh, it, is, it has an average elevation of 1.83 meters above sea level. Mm. Now, what I found was mad was like thinking, how can a whole island like that disappear? But when you look at the geography of it, it is approximated that the island at its widest part might, might be like 100 meters wide. Mm. Think about that. 100 not, meters. Not. Usain Bolt can run 100 meters <laughs> in less than much. 10 seconds. Oh, Oh, so you say boats can go from one side of this whole island to other in less than 10 seconds. seconds. That's how small it is. And so obviously, given that it's, you know, 
that small and it's an island nation it is very vulnerable to things like storms cyclones tsunamis mm. uh which already have started to like impact the country mm-hmm. so in their strategic plan they are trying to guarantee the safety and sovereignty of their country mm-hmm. um and part of that they want to determine the point at which you know they will have to migrate their whole population like at which point will they have to do that mm-hmm. they have to estimate the cost of the whole relocation mm-hmm. um they're developing a whole resettlement plan and mm-hmm. they've been in discussions with for example New Zealand mm-hmm. and uh Australia which are mm-hmm. nearby about you know whether they could you know take on the Tuvaluans that would be displaced yeah um the parts that i also found interesting but also heartbreaking what? were that they were considering you know ways to preserve their culture as well oh. so part of their plan also involves a heritage project mm-hmm. um that will like capture the uniqueness of Tuvalu's culture traditions using multimedia things uh so they'll record all their dances songs interviews with people so that future generations can learn about the culture and traditions they have a whole digital transformation pillar which seeks to digitize all of their records their heritage any citizenship and just any it to help them record anything they have paper based so that's the position tuvalu is in right now hmm. they're like potentially like our out not potentially our home will be wiped out that is heartbreaking imagine that is heartbreaking because imagine I'm, I'm i'm from cameroon mm-hmm. i can't imagine my country my people being completely moved like now i'm moving to a different country losing yeah. that culture like imagine you where you're from right now you could be from i don't know switzerland <laughs> or from france or from anywhere across the world mm-hmm. and your country exists no more no more no more you just have to be spread out and that's the thing there's no guarantee of who's gonna take you what will happen and my first question is who do you who do you think should pay for Tuvalu's relocation Mm. who should pay Mm. who should help them who do you think should help them the whole world yes should we all start a fund for countries like Tuvalu absolutely everyone in the world not everyone i don't think it should be it, should, it must be everyone mandatory for everyone no but low-income I, countries n- no <laughs> <laughs> don't come at me <laughs> huh? no 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 i wouldn't say like look i would encourage just just from a place of just relatability i mean it could happen to you um to help but I'm thinking, I don't think we should necessarily put the burden on low and low and middle income countries. Mm-hmm. I do think that the countries that, that have the capacity to help should do it. Like, we should highly recommend it, highly encourage it, because it could be anyone. And and when I say anyone, I mean, we sometimes associate um, climate disasters or, like, natural disasters in countries in the tropics or, like, really, really far away. But we've seen, especially in the recent years, like the what happened in Germany with the floods, in, in even the flood that we mentioned in Nigeria recently, mm-hmm. um, the, the heat Pakistan. waves in Pakistan, mm-hmm. the heat waves that we've experienced in the, in, across the Europe. The, mm-hmm. There's been many, many deaths. I've worked with mortality uh, 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 reports of many, many deaths. Um, but then my thing is, we should not assume that it's not going to come to you. It's not. Don't assume that it won't come to you. It won't come to your country because it, it really could. So when I hear about this, I'm just thinking it is heartbreaking. Um, I really do hope that there, there is a way for them to still 
um, preserve that culture, preserve mm-hmm. um, that that I don't know nationality, like even like stick keep track of it. But it's it's hard. I can't imagine that happening. Yeah, in my country. Yeah, exactly. It it seems so unreal, but this is the reality that many people are facing. Many countries are facing right now. Mm. E- not extension, but you know just being wiped off the map mm-hmm. um the other thing for me i personally would say i agree with you i don't think for example the burden should be put on low and middle income countries mm-hmm. specifically um i think we can try at least find a way to do it like proportionally mm-hmm. at least if you look at the countries that are the biggest emitters mm-hmm. you know at least get them to contribute more like you're yeah. saying countries that are capable mm-hmm. at the very least i think other countries even if you're low income or what it may be perhaps mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be in the form of financial aid it could mm-hmm. just be in the form of just accepting climate refugees. climate refugees that could just be another option i believe we're having climate but more and more climate refugees mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah Nah, guys, it's getting serious. And uh, then my next question is like, do you think us as Globies, we should care? <laughs> I just talked I about... work in global health. What do I What do I care about the sun and all that? The sun? And all of that. The sun is it's hot. It will always be hot. It will always be hot. Yeah. Ha. If, if the... That is the things I've been saying. I've been screaming. It's like it enters through one ear. It goes yeah. out through the other. Yeah. We should care. Yeah. We we absolutely should care. Like aside from the whole one health perspective. Mm. <laughs> no, 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 please. Let's break down one health for the people. One health, you know, on the understanding that health is not just about um your human beings. Your human being like as a human being and mm-hmm. your, your your biology and physiology. Mm-hmm. It includes a whole ecosystem, mm-hmm. animals and plants mm-hmm. and the ocean and rivers and the atmosphere. Everything. Everything. So even with the like, if we don't take care of the of the current climate change issue, um, if we have more floods, that could mean more and more diseases. That mm-hmm. breaks down the infrastructure. If you had heat waves, what does that mean? More excess mortality mm-hmm. in your country. Mm-hmm. If you have, I don't know, the icing or even Mount Kilimanjaro. I I remember I grew up in Tanzania, the Mount Kilimanjaro, where I grew up around. It has a lot of the of the ice has been melting at the top at the top mm-hmm. it's been melting it's been predicted it might even have it might have an uh, an eruption but anyways i don't know but it's <laughs> it is there it, there are concerns everywhere so it is a concern for everybody if you do not feel concerned it will concern you it will come and find you right where you are yes <laughs> The climate will climate you. It will climate you. It will warm you up. Yeah, it will Heat warm you. you. <laughs> Ginger you. <laughs> yeah. And so I would also say beyond that, let us not forget that um, health, the healthcare industry and sector is also a culprit. Um, you know, our hands are not clean. Healthcare mm-hmm. also does contribute two yearly carbon emissions and greenhouse gas emissions Mm -hmm. so i think we said this statistic last time but i think it's always shocking and interesting to highlight that if healthcare was a country it would be the fifth largest emitter Mm. of greenhouse gases imagine Mm -hmm. the fifth largest emitter Mm -hmm. in the whole world um, and just to give you examples, for example, in 2017, the NHS was estimated to contribute around 6.3% of the UK's climate footprint. And you find something similar in Australia, where Australia's healthcare system accounted for 7% of its um, climate footprint. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, 
healthcare contributed 5% of Canada's footprint. Mm-hmm. So yeah, healthcare is also involved. Yeah, our, involved. Our, we are also involved we, in this. We are also the problem. We too are the problem. <laughs> And so we'll get into a little bit about how we are part of the problem and perhaps how we can also help solve it. Mm -hmm. So, Jocelyn, if you had to guess. Okay. The top five emitters in the world. If I had to guess. In order. Right now? or Right now. Or or in the past, like in the recent years? Like if we say since since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution oh, till hmm. today, who has been emitting the most? The United States of America. Wow. <laughs> China. Wow. India. Okay. Um, United Kingdom. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on there. <laughs> <laughs> you know you who you are. So your people are always there. Always when there's there. trouble, you are there. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come for me. Listen, with love, with love, with, with love. love. Um, which other country am I? I'm, I'm conf- I feel like I'm forgetting <laughs> one thi- Russia. Right? Why do I feel, <laughs> Why do I feel like Russia must be there? That one. Somehow. That one. Yeah. Okay, you did quite well, though. Yeah? You did quite well. You guess I think about like four out of the five. Okay. Pretty in a pretty good order as well. So, according to data from the Global Carbon Project, they oh, sorry, I forgot Japan. Is it on there? <laughs> sorry. You couldn't let it go. You <laughs> say, hey, you, you, you. Hey, you, come back. Come here. <laughs> don't think I forgot. Don't think I don't, I don't see think you. I, I see you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let me tell you. So they produced an aggregate of the most, the countries that emit the most CO2 mm-hmm. since the Industrial Revolution. So this is looking from 1750 mm-hmm. to about 2020. Mm-hmm. Number one. USA. Of course. But the thing is, I see conflicting things. Sometimes mm-hmm. people say it's USA. Sometimes people say it's China. Uh, so, you know, I think, th- I think the USA has been more of like over time. Yeah. Whereas China has been in the recent in years. In the recent years. That, which is also very shocking because mm. it's like in recent years, you've been able to reach America. America. We've been doing this. Uh, for a while. Yeah. So USA, China, number one and number two spots. Mm-hmm. Russia, like you said, mm. number three. <laughs> Number four, Germany. I how could I forget? Ah, yeah. But what, what are they even? What are they doing? They just be producing. They just be industrialized. Hmm. Okay. It's also a country that's been there for a long time. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, true. Then the UK, of course. Ah, my favorite. The UK, of course. <laughs> You're right to bring up India. I think in previous years, India really normally was there in the top five, mm-hmm. but nowadays you'll find it somewhere within top ten. They're trying. They're, <laughs> they're trying. They're trying. <laughs> Um, and then what is the other country you mentioned? Japan. Japan, Japan is also like normally in top 10. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those, those, those are the, those are our biggest culprits. Mm-hmm. So if you want to blame anyone, blame them. Hey, 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 <laughs> please. We <laughs> do not, con- we're not here to point fingers. No. We're simply trying to hold people accountable. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it moving. Okay. We'll keep it moving. <laughs> now you may, we've been talking about COVID for a while now. What has been the impact of COVID on the climate? You, you know, think? COVID has been a blessing and a curse. Okay. You see, it has blessed, you know, it has cursed us in terms of, you know, lockdown, yeah. our mental health, yeah. our economies yeah. and everything else. But it actually helped, I think, in terms of um, the climate. The climate. It it, it, we, we were locked down, which means we we're not producing carbon in the atmosphere. No, no. <laughs> so with all the lockdown restrictions imposed by the government, essentially people were not traveling as much. The travels, traveling industry was not producing as much 
CO2 emissions. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's that would be the impact of COVID. Yeah, 100%. Right on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a study that was done by the Carbon Brief in the UK. And they estimated that uh, the COVID lockdown specifically, they saw greenhouse gas emissions do- drop to 51% before mm-hmm. levels that were there in 1990. Mm-hmm. And so this, they say, is the equivalent of basically the UK reaching half way of its goal, of its 2050 goal to reach net zero wow that's so yeah i think i've also seen i think the uk has been doing really good recently yeah 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 no quite a few countries have been have been trying no no well done well done yeah yeah (laughs) so i thought that was quite encouraging however we still need to remember that this was like a temporary effect Mm -hmm. obviously now things have opened back up again and also it's like such a short time period that it didn't really have a massive change in terms of like temperatures it didn't like decrease the temperature or something like that so it was just too temporary and like if you want to think about an analogy for that it's like if you have a bathtub full of water you know we were rising 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 but then covid came lockdowns and it sort of slowed down the Mm -hmm. amount of water that was going in the tub but Mm -hmm. the water is still rising it's still rising rising. so it's a problem it's still a problem that's that is why i'm speaking with so much urgency (laughs) it's because just because we're seeing all this progress doesn't mean we're there yeah there's still a lot of work that needs Mm -hmm. to be put in if you look up any of these um, climate change curves and what's happened it will scare you because it's like Currently, they were seeing an upwards trend. Like, the pandemic has kind of made it stagnate a little bit. Like, just, just a little bit in terms of CO2 emissions, not in terms of the the, the, the uh, atmospheric temperature. But what we need is to see it going down mm-hmm. in the next seven years. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, it is going up. Not in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> We want it to go down. We want it to go down. It is going, it's up. going up. What do we do? The opposite. The opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think at least what we can take away from this situation is we see what can happen mm-hmm. when we take certain measures and how dramatic like the, the reduction in carbon dioxide emissions can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll jump into that later, maybe. Um now i also wanted to highlight though that while lockdowns may have done something you know slightly positive for the environment there was also the impact of for example the single use plastics Mm. in the form of ppe a lot of Mm -hmm. the time so we still were polluting Polluting. (laughs) unfortunately the mask the gloves the mask the gloves even your testing kits think about how much plastic is in those Mm. testing kits everything there's plastic there yeah um so a february 2021 paper estimated that approximately 3.4 billion single-use face masks and shields are discarded daily as a result of the pandemic wow all over the world 3.4 billion masks every day every day every Up day until now though now i don't know but th- this was back in 2021 Okay, that was last year. Yeah, that was last year. Now I'm sure it would have reduced a reduced. bit because the, the restrictions are, you know, less stringent. You don't mm. really have to wear a mask, but I'm sure it's still quite up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, it's still, that's still very high though. Yeah. Crazy high. Crazy high. Crazy high. Yeah. Do you have hope? <laughs> yes, I do. Despite my... um equal anxiety (laughs) (laughs) i do have hope i do have hope because i do think however that as much as as much as countries are making promises 
<laughs> and um they do have the that intention like mm-hmm. i see that that which is a really good that's one step that we were not we we're not here like for around five ten years ago this no. the, the discussion was is climate change even real you imagine that was a topic of discussion mm-hmm. so i have hope now we're all on the same page that yes climate change is real most of us can agree that i mean majority of people can mm-hmm. agree that now it's about how do we get there my concern is that if we're not careful about our plans our actual mitigation plans then we might not get there it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not possible it simply means it will actually require collective action it will require i don't know like some implementation plans we're going to get into what that means in in practice but it really needs to like cause i remember i, I saw um the, a report from the un secretary general uh, saying that Mm-hmm. that some of these business leaders and you know political leaders are lying like they're they're saying um they're saying that oh we want to do this this is our plan this is what we want to do they've almost most countries have agreed that they want to um become you know green like evergreen green greenhouse friendly etc mm. they've all agreed that but when when it comes to producing their annual reports they've had to stop producing annual reports from 2020 and from what we've seen in the reports from 2020 up until now in 2022 it's that some of them are not doing what they say they will do no. so he literally said just admit you're lying admit you're lying that's what i mean not we're not here to uh promote greenwashing like some of these there there has been critiques around um some of the business leaders and the political leaders green um, greenwashing basically pretending or like performing and acting like oh eco-friendly like they're doing their job but when in reality when you look at the statistics and what has actually been done it is the bare it's barely reaching the bare minimum yeah that's what my concern is. Yeah, I think you're right. And even on this issue of holding each other accountable, yeah, I think it's great uh, for the director general, what's his name, Guterres, Guterres, um, to come up with such a statement, a really mm-hmm. strong statement. Mm-hmm. However, comma, I'm like, it can be a bit hard mm-hmm. for you know, organizations like the UN to mm-hmm. hold some of these uh, companies accountable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're also sponsoring Things like COP27, like we highlighted in our previous episode, Mm -hmm. Mm Coca-Cola was, you know, one of the major sponsors of COP27. And Mm -hmm. they produce so much in terms of plastic waste. So then it's like how can, like it puts the UN in a very sticky position when it comes to holding those companies accountable, accountable, to be honest. However, I do like the idea of, you know, I think you were mentioning before, like actually, like how are these countries reporting the progress that they are making? How are they reporting? Mm-hmm. They they say these things are oh yes, we 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 will be reducing. We're no longer financing um some of these uh plants. What do you call them? You know the plants. The plants are pre- I would just call them the plants that produce a lot of carbon dioxide. Or like coal plants, the, the like co- fossil fuel plants fossil and fuel stuff. Plants. Yeah. They, would, they would say things that we're no longer financing those, we're no longer doing that, which is great. Some of them have actually followed through. I know Denmark um, and Sweden are doing mm-hmm. quite well. They've, mm-hmm. they've, they've made a lot of effort. The UK recently mm-hmm. has been doing quite well. Um, but it, it, that's, that is the bare minimum. Yeah. I, I hate to admit it, that is the bare minimum. And I feel like the moment that every country really feels concerned and 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 these leaders like more on a national on each national level holds their companies 
accountable because it's very difficult that you said for the UN to to hold countries accountable because what can the UN what can the UN do? <laughs> yeah. Can't do they can't really do much. But I'm gonna get into what can be done in terms of like how do we hold them accountable. I don't know if you wanna get me to get into that now, but I'll let you let you kick us off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I just wanted to start off by highlighting at least at least some of the progress we've been seeing, okay, like yeah, we're saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just so y'all don't feel like it's been hopeless. All our efforts, all our recycling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All cool. our campaigning and campaigning. shouting. It hasn't been uh, worthless. So, mm-hmm. like you were saying, coal, coal, coal burning, uh, especially in developing countries such as India, has slowed down or mm-hmm. it has, you know, sort of stagnated, mm-hmm. leveled off. Um, and it is going down like a lot in the UK and the USA as well. Mm-hmm. So, for example, since 2015, then 2015 is around the time the Paris um, Agreement was signed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of countries made commitments then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've seen is actually since 2015, three quarters of planned coal plants have been cancelled. Mm-hmm. So ones that were pl- already meant to be built, but they were like, no, no, just cancel the plans. Yeah. And 44 countries in the world have committed to building no more. Now, like you're saying, they yeah. report that, but do we know if they've done it? Eh. Question. Question mark. <laughs> uh, in the last decade, wind energy has gotten three times cheaper. Mm-hmm. Solar electricity is now 10 times cheaper. Mm-hmm. I don't know about how it is in Cameroon, but I feel like in Zim, I'm hearing more and more people literally putting solar panels on their houses. Okay. Yeah, a lot of That's people good. have, like so many houses, you go back home now, they have solar panels. Mm-hmm. Emissions are no longer necessarily coupled to economic growth, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good sign. Because if you remember, a huge debate was about how, whether it's fair to impose certain climate change mitigation measures on countries that are still developing and industrializing, mm-hmm. given that all the richer countries got their chance and they now they're coming chance. in and saying, nah, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, what we're seeing is, for example, Czech Republic has reported that their emissions dropped by 13 percent mm-hmm. while their GDP was growing at the same time by 27 percent. Mm-hmm. France reduced their CO2 emissions by 14%, mm-hmm. while their GDP increased by 15%. Mm-hmm. And we've been seeing some trends as well in Romania. So mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Even our faves, America, <laughs> America, <laughs> they uh, have the largest economy on, on in, the world, in the world. And they have decreased emissions by 4%, while their GDP grew by 26%. Oh, how lovely. So things are happening. Yeah. Things are happening. And mm-hmm. then when it comes to innovation as well, I, I wonder if you came across anything really cool, but these are just some of the cool things I came across. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about PPE, for example, mm-hmm. there is some engineers. There are some engineers at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology that found a way of like co- incorporating waste like PPE, gloves, mm-hmm. masks, and all these things. Mm-hmm. They actually can incorporate them into concrete mm-hmm. and reinforce it so that it's stronger. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a way of like reusing some of like that ppe waste which i thought was like excellent Excellent. that was super cool yeah um carbon capture and storage that's Mm -hmm. becoming very popular as well Mm -hmm. uh it's not as well developed but it is possible so Mm -hmm. that involves actually capturing carbon dioxide Mm -hmm. uh either at the source of the emission or directly from the atmosphere itself and then you sort of bury it like deep underground like Mm -hmm. deep down Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously, like I'm saying, it's not as well developed and there could be potential problems 
like once it's down there underground like what's gonna happen is it gonna make something else worse something else like yeah. how do you monitor it and such things but countries mm-hmm. like you know our typical sweden's they're mm-hmm. they're like investing in this and already norway as well i think mm-hmm. already you know using some of these technologies which is great mm-hmm. then now i have my 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 last question which is you know we are seeing a lot of progress do you think some of our activism and our shouting has been very effective <laughs> do you think this this has helped do you want to elaborate because <laughs> i know what you're trying to ask me but i want to make sure that i know exactly what you're trying to no, ask no i just you know we've 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 heard of like extinction rebellion we've been mm. having so many uh, uh um, echo activists yes uh, such as recently i think we posted on our page yes um these activists that were throwing paint on art okay um, all over the world yeah and um do you think that that's you know been effective and you know is actually helping push us towards the progress we're trying to see okay first i don't want to push a negative perception of climate change activism that's not what i want to do um I, I do think that most climate change activists have been doing well. Mm-hmm. I do think that the majority have, have, I remember when even to me, it was not particularly the one thing that I felt compelled to really speak about publicly, but through the climate change activism that I've seen even online on, on, I don't know, even like in university societies and whatnot, I felt more and more concerned. So yes, however, however with this throwing of paint of, of food on paintings are you mad are you okay What's the are you all right you're looking like an idiot Ooh. looking like a idiot because look the thing is right i don't think it's effective mm-hmm. i think it pushes the wrong message and i think that the it's not reaching the right audience like mm-hmm. i understand that if there's a good intention there mm-hmm. but it is not it's not going to attract the right audience because the the, the, the the leaders that you want to attract their attention, they're not going to look at you like, oh, you've destroyed my painting. So therefore, I'm going to stop producing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. No, they're going to look at you like, why are you being ridiculous? You've just wasted this. You've just wasted food. One. <laughs> so you are contributing to this, this climate change problem because you've wasted food and now you've destructed art. Which is which is a public um um property. You've destructed you've you've ruined public property and potentially that could have costed so much money and that could have been wasted. And potentially maybe that 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 that, that painting was made from a tree and now you've wasted that tree that has been cut down in the atmosphere and now everything is just wasted. Yeah. You just wasted everything. Wow. <clears throat> That's what, to me, I don't think it's a very smart idea. I'm saying this with love. Of course. And I'm saying this with care. Of course. Um, You're I... dumb with love. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Listen, we're respectful here. Listen, listen. With much love and much care, respectfully. Oh, no, no, no. Stop. Stop. Stop it. No one ever says with respect and it's followed by something <laughs> respectful. <laughs> because they're gonna be very angry i know people might come at this and be like oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you know but honestly I'm, i mean it from the bottom of my heart i don't think it's it's necessary it's not it's not yeah. necessary yeah what we you can do um is you know from share ha- spreading awareness talking about it um electing the right mps 
being aware of like even your recycling who where you buy your food where you where you buy your clothes that's what you can practically do try to engage with like your local government if you're in the uk and whatnot that's what you can practically do but going outside and throwing food it's a it, it is a way of getting attention i must say that you're mm-hmm. getting attention but is it the right attention or oh. is it performative oh yes i'm i'm really glad you mentioned that because I do think there's a distinction between, you know, some of the climate change activism we've been seeing over the past few years versus like some of the more performative activism. And this mm-hmm. is not just a problem in climate change activism. This is acro- like even Black Lives Matter. Y'all mm-hmm. remember Black Blackout Tuesday? Mm-hmm. We're all there posting black yeah. squares on Instagram. Stupid, stupid us. <laughs> we all thought we we're doing something. It's okay, we've learned. We have learned, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, I think, you know, I really look for up to people like Greta Thunberg. I feel like mm-hmm. she like really showed me like as someone like similar age to me and she was just Mm -hmm. out here like just saying it outright being like you people are out here talking blah 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 Blah. i feel like these are people who like as we're saying are really in a good position to hold um governments accountable especially Mm -hmm. young people because you're like oh we we are your children we are your future generation like everything you're trying to set up here we're the ones that will have to implement and live it out what if there's no planet? What will I do then? You know mm, what I mean? That's a good question. Then when it comes to this performative activism, I agree with you. It gets a lot of attention. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think even Trevor Noah pointed out, it's like, you're putting more attention on the piece of art itself as well. Yeah. Like, now you have people being like, oh, look at that painting. <laughs> now I'm looking at the painting. Like, what did it even look like before? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I think the issue with performative activism is a lot of times it's not accompanied by like actual concrete actions or Mm. like a very concrete message. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where you're saying it's important that yes, you get that attention. But then now that I have your attention, tell me something important. Important. Tell me some action. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's that's what I think was missing. Yeah, I think even if they did that, if assuming that they were to do that, maybe, you know, Maybe once you're you're throwing, maybe you maybe you can start spray painting the message that you want to send. You know, maybe yeah. maybe if you want, to, mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to, to to get that kind of attention, yeah. maybe start spray painting with you know maybe uh, uh stop using um fossil fuels yeah. or something, which they probably already done. Yeah. But it's, you know, it ain't happening. Yeah, put up put up a QR code. Let me scan it. And be like, oh, where does that go? You yeah, know? or something. Yeah. Something. So I guess that leads us on to thinking. What can we do better? What can we do? What better? can we do better as world leaders, policymakers, young people, mm-hmm. older people, older people, regular everybody. people, people, everybody, of the globe, people of the globe? Because this this globe is boiling. It's on fire. <laughs> it's a little hot right now. <laughs> it's a little hot. <laughs> the planet is on fire. It's on fire. Uh, what can we do better? Yes, Jocelyn. Number one, mm. I literally just mentioned this just now. Yes. Um, selecting the right MPs. Amen. I think really, really Amen. pushing for that. I think mm-hmm. leaders need to be, I think the me, this is my prediction, hey. climate, the climate crisis is going to be the next biggest global health concern. After this COVID pandemic, I think that's what we're pushing to now because look at the recent events that have, ha- that have happened in the, in just even this year and last year, we're seeing more and more of these natural disasters. So I think, um, yeah. 
And I feel like we can't make the direct of like link to say, oh, global health caused the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. I mean, yes, we have the, you know, hypothesis that it, there was a spillover event mm-hmm. from animals to human beings. Mm-hmm. But this is something that is a concern and a, a result of climate change mm-hmm. and people like encroaching on animal habitats, meaning that we're more in contact with certain animals and we can have more of these spillover events. Mm-hmm. So I think you are right. Whether you're looking into what is going to be the next pandemic, it could be, you know, something that was made worse by climate change. Yeah, no, I'm not. Sh- I don't know if there'll be another pandemic. Oh, please, I hope not. Ah, I re- no, not when I exist. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's coming. Hey, I'm sorry. If there's one thing that's guaranteed, it's another pandemic. Mm-hmm. No, we can't live two pandemics now. We've already had HIV, we had COVID. Uh, HIV existed way before we were alive. I know, but our parents have seen it. Or twice, that's true. Fam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyways, um, what can we do better? (laughs) Anyway, swiftly moving on. Swiftly moving on. Um, I think, one... Uh, as I said before, electing the right MPs, mm-hmm. uh, knowing where you buy your food. Um, not, I think, obviously, this comes from a privileged place. Um, uh, you can't always decide, okay, some people may prefer to shop at certain places. So I won't tell you where to shop and where to buy your food. But if you can, that's what you can do on an individual level. That I'm speaking directly to the Globies. Yeah. But I think more for corporations now and, and, and countries, nations across the globe. Uh, first things first, I think there needs to be this. I remember this guy from Yale University. Mm-hmm. He said that countries need to be sanctioned from now. I think, countries. yeah, countries need to start being sanctioned because I think the, the voluntary uh, approach of, you know, uh, encouraging countries to to partake and reduce uh, their climate, uh, their, their COVID Oh, COVID. The CO two emissions is it has not been as effective when you make it voluntary and you make it all or recommend on a recommended recommendable basis. But if you start having sanctions, like I think it's the climate change club or something, where if sanctions are are in, are put in place such that countries are actually held responsible, then we'll start to see things more seriously. And as I said before, our aim was to re- is, is to reduce. To have this downward trend happen mm-hmm. by 20... I think it's actually to get the downward trend by 2025. <laughs> but then reduce it by... Tw- but then reduce it down to by 45% by 2030. 2030. Yeah. So and we have two years. We have two years to get the curve to go down. Mm-hmm. So which means that we really need to... I think if we're going to get there, it's no longer an option. It's now or never. It's peak. It's now or never. Yeah. It truly is. It truly is. No, we, there's no more time to be wasted, to be honest. There's really no more time to be wasted. No. Um, do you have anything else to add? I'll let you kick off. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, I think it's the things we continue to talk about. Mm-hmm. Please, we can even take action, I think, to... to um, rethink our agricultural practices. Mm. I know there's something called carbon farming as well. And these are, you know, farming practices that are aimed at, you know, also capturing a little bit of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere as yeah. you do your farming, mm-hmm. which I thought was excellent. 
Uh, reducing air pollution, as always, I think when even think from a global health perspective, that's going to help, you know, reduce air pollution. Mm-hmm. And then because air pollution can also cause, can damage the lung. And if you have lung damage, that could put you at risk for things like COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So it's also in our best interest. Um, and I was also coming across some more examples of like how, you know, people may be worried about, okay, single use plastics, we need them because mm-hmm. we don't want to be using contaminated things all the time. But there have been some innovations as well. For instance, there's the critical care decontamination system that mm-hmm. was created. Mm-hmm. And this is a container that was made by a private company in America, which can decontaminate up to 80,000 items of PPE at a single time. Mm-hmm biodegradable gloves are available there was this uh video i was watching called about the real shield flip and it's a face visor that's made from paperboard and wood pulp Mm -hmm. cellulose meaning it can be it can you know be composted at home and it costs for like you know it goes 100 pounds 150 pounds Mm -hmm. so i think there's so many more cheap alternatives that we have available Mm -hmm. and it is worth it i think we're seeing four governments for companies to invest in these like eco-friendly solutions so that people just have more options yeah and just just to add on to that i think um you know how you mentioned that it's it wouldn't be ideal to put the burden um on low and middle income countries Mm -hmm. to reduce co2 emissions i do think that the countries that have contributed to the the most to um the current situation that we're in should invest more into eco-friendly solutions particularly towards drawing out co2 emissions in from the atmosphere mm-hmm. so that that's the i don't that has not yet been put in place yet i don't think um no. but i think that i've heard i've read a few papers around um that possibility like actually putting the financial investment mm-hmm. to to develop technologies that because at the moment the current paris agreement is not going to be it's not enough it's not enough to simply say that we're we aim to maintain the the the, the global temperature at at one point um at a 1.5 degrees celsius rise um by 2020 it's not enough to just keep it that because it's still going to be increased it's still not Mm -hmm. enough to 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 keep us at that level so at this point there needs to be some innovation put in place to draw out the co2 emissions and the the greenhouse gases yeah 100 percent. and i think um you know, after in this post-pandemic era, mm-hmm. uh, we hear a lot about building back better. Mm-hmm. And I actually came across this term, building back greener. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we should also, as a world, like really pay close attention to what happened with the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we had to do it um, and people had to social distance and, you know, mm-hmm. that was not the best. Mm-hmm. However you know, we did see that it could have some positive effects on the environment and we should mm-hmm. look into like what behaviors we had at that time that we could still maintain now, you know, work from home. Mm-hmm. I think it is widely accepted now that like work from home is very possible. Yeah. People are not just lazing about at home. Mm-hmm. So employers, you know, it, it actually implement work at home policy. Don't force your employees to just come into work unnecessarily every single day. day. <laughs> it's really not necessary. Mm. People using their cars every day. No. Yeah, yeah, obviously that's if your job does not require you to. Yeah, yeah obviously mm-hmm. if your job does. Yeah, even during lockdowns, I know some people still had to go had into to work go physically. Into work, yeah. So, yeah. And 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 just going back to the point around um, what you say you just said, building back greener. Yeah, building back greener. I think, yeah, with the lockdown restrictions, um, we saw that that it was a drastic change in behavior that Mm -hmm. had to happen. And it's not to say that if we're to go greener, we will necessarily have to have 
um, to be completely restricted. Mm. But I do think it will require that much change in behavior. Mm. I, I don't think it's something that would just be, okay, we are slowly, it has to be, there would have to be an obvious change in even in policies in terms of behavior and how people recycle and how people, um, what, what, um, what type of, I don't know, where the electricity comes from, where your water comes from, where your books come from. There has to be that obvious change. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we should not undermine the impact that, you know, all of us as personal actions and behaviors can have. Once, you know, you accumulate them, they can mm -hmm. make big impact. Like, I know I've been trying very hard these days to try, like, trying not to, like, buy new clothes mm. or, like, repair the clothes that I already have. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm going to buy something new, I try to go thrifting. Nowadays, mm. there's a lot of options. You don't have to go into physical shops. There's online thrift mm -hmm. stores. Mm. Um, I've been also trying to do that. Going on a more plant-based diet, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. even like the there's so many milk alternatives these days and they're so yeah. widely available mm -hmm. and at a cheap price mm -hmm. and there's even um the secondhand charity shops as well mm -hmm. oh you're also helping the community mm -hmm. but also yeah they're you know that's some really not obviously some of them are <laughs> they may not be your style yeah. but you know every now and then there are if you do look around there are a few charity shops that can you know offer fashionable clothes that are still you know friendly yeah the tip someone gave me is like go go to the ones in the richer neighborhoods mm. those have the nicest stuff nice apparently stuff. okay <laughs> yeah i don't know if we have anything more to add not for my we're angry and we need to take action urgently it is now or, or never, never. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Okay, so, so thank you everyone for joining us today. We are Young Global Health Professionals and we've been your hosts for the World Health Investigation Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. Please, please follow us on our socials, mm -hmm. on Instagram, Twitter, at WHI underscore podcast. Mm -hmm. We also have a TikTok account if you want our small, small banter. Mm -hmm. Because you can see we're clearly not normal people. No. Hello. So please. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Carry on. It's okay. You're doing this podcast with me. So. Uh, <laughs> you clearly have lost your mind. Uh, I'm so comfortable. <laughs> Um, WHI underscore podcast on TikTok. Please go follow us. And we also have a LinkedIn page and a Facebook page called World Health Investigation. Go on there. We are also professional. We can keep it professional for the professionals. Okay? All the time. All the time. We yeah. give you both. We give you banter. Yes. Professionalism. Yes. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a like and make sure you turn on the notification bell. Ding, ding, ding. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank and have you. a lovely, lovely rest of the week. Bye. Bye.